0: Hello everybody. This is Ellen Deal and we are headed for another episode of the Insurance Deal. I always have such a great time coming to you guys and week after week I have the pleasure of bringing in new guests. If you are a first time listener, let me tell you what the Insurance Deal is about. Every week I will bring to you a guest from a different aspect of the insurance industry. We have had a lot of fun talking talking with property and casualty agencies and individual brokers, small group brokers. I am still waiting. If you've heard this before, you know what I'm about to say. I'm still waiting to get somebody in here to talk about kidnapping insurance. I think that will be very exciting. So I'm Ellen Deal. I'm a licensed insurance professional here in the state of Georgia. This is the insurance deal. And today, our fabulous and illustrious guest is Mr. Tim Dinaj. Uh, let me tell you a little bit about Tim and how fabulous he is. Oh, he's shocked. <laughs> Don't be <Rushing>. shocked. <laughs> he is the director of sales for Medicare products. So today our topic is Medicare. The fastest aging group in the United States are our baby boomers and we are getting a lot of folks that are over age 65. So Tim has landed in a, a very, very sweet spot. And um, one thing that maybe nobody knows except Uh-oh. for me and Tim is that we have a secret LinkedIn competition going
1: on. And Ellen's winning. I'm winning. Okay,
0: we'll we'll talk more about that later. We'll we'll see what the stats are on that competition and I'll explain it to you. But um, Tim, so Tim Dinaj, Director of Sales for Medicare, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Georgia. Um, Tim, what would you like folks to know about you?
1: Well, it's interesting what I tell people. I actually started my career in the pharmaceutical sales. Okay and I grew up in Michigan moved to California got into the pharmaceutical sales and my father used to love to tell people that I moved to California to sell drugs
0: oh my gosh
1: <laughs> the only problem was I wasn't selling the profitable kind <laughs> uh, but anyways I started out in pharmaceuticals uh, and then I went to work for the uh, H- what we called the HMO back then now we call it managed care and I've been involved with, you know, uh, individual, small group, large group, self-funded pharmacy benefit management uh, and Medicare, obviously, and uh, I also like to tell people that uh, I'm a cancer survivor. So, I not only sell insurance, I've used a lot of it. You've used a lot of it. That's (laughs) great.
0: (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Um, now, one thing that that I think is important for people to know is with regards to Medicare and the Blue Cross Network in Georgia. I think there are some misconceptions out there because there have been some changes in the individual market that's under 65. And um, tell folks, what what is the steady nature of the networks for Medicare for Blue Cross.
1: Yeah, uh, yeah, there's been some talk uh, about the under 65 that Blue Cross, Blue Shield of Georgia has had to pull out of some of the uh, exchange markets in Georgia. But for Medicare, we offer a Medicare Advantage and a Medicare Supplement Plan. So that's for people on Medicare, people over age 65, and we are not reducing any of that in fact, we're growing in that market. It's a huge focus for the organization. So anybody that is enrolled with us doesn't need to worry, and anybody that would like to enroll with us, mm-hmm. they don't need to worry.
0: Okay, great. So, folks, what that means is if you are turning 65 or already Uh, one of our glorious silver seniors over 65, then you've got the same access for Blue Cross Blue Shield as you had previously. It's the under 65 marketed individual that's being impacted. And sometimes people might say, well, how can an insurance company do that? Well, think about if you're a business and you're trying to run a profitable business and you have – five or six different departments, and one of the departments is not performing well, you might get rid of that department. So that essentially is what Blue Cross Blue Shield did with the individual market in a lot of counties. They looked at the profitability and decided that they needed to shut down those departments and move on to the next thing, which... We won't get too far into this, but it begs the question, what was the intent of the Affordable Care Act in the first place if insurance companies who are infinitely smarter than I am cannot figure out how to make it profitable? Mm -mm Mm-mm-mm. So, um Gosh, can you talk a little bit, Tim, about Part A versus Part B and make it simple for the for the uneducated folks in the room like me and under 65. <laughs> How do we understand what is Part A and Part B for Medicare?
1: Sure. Uh, for people that have worked in the United States mm-hmm. uh, for 10 years, or what we say, 40 quarters. Okay. Um, so uh, people have done that. We pay in every paycheck into Medicare. Mm -hmm. By paying into that all these years, Mm -hmm. you then, when you turn 65, and I will say, if you are disabled for 24 months, Mm -hmm. you then qualify for Medicare. But typically when someone turns 65 and they've paid in uh, to Medicare for 10 years, they then uh, automatically get Part A. And what Part A covers is your hospital cost. Okay. So that's the inpatient cost.
2: Mm Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, we also then have the option of signing up for Part B mm-hmm. and Part B covers outpatient covers the doctor visits Got the it. x-ray, the laboratory.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, now what's interesting is that every year we put in the Part A mm-hmm. and the government has enough money to fund that okay. Money has also been put into part B, but they ran out of money. Oh. Not ran out, but they're running low. Okay. So as people, if you sign up for Part B, remember A is automatic. Right. You then have to pay out of your Social Security an amount of money. And it depends when you turn 65 on how much money uh, that is. Mm-hmm. And then you have Part A and B, so if you can go to the hospital you're covered but with that, you have uh, some coinsurance involved with that and different copays.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Then uh, I'm going to jump forward to you know, have prescription drug, oh, so indeed. you can That's get part. Right? <laughs> A little fun fact: All right. the people say D for drug. Right? Makes sense.
0: Mm, yeah.
1: Well, Medicare when they came, the hospitalization was first. Right. Well, they call it Part A. Sure. They decided, oh, we need the office visit. That's Part B.
0: Makes sense so far.
1: Well, then, uh, several years ago, they decided, you know what, we'd like people to be able to get managed care or an HMO, or what mm-hmm. we now call Medicare managed plan. So they combined Part A yeah. and Part B yeah. and came up with the name Part C.
0: Well, thank goodness they came up with A, B, and C before D. Because and
1: and they, D for dry. If they yeah. called,
0: tried to call D, F, or D, yeah. C. Oh, my gosh. That they got F. lucky G. on they that.
1: They did get lucky. Yeah. They didn't think it through. No.
0: Oh, the Medicare gods were merciful yeah. that day. My goodness. So, um gosh. So, Medicare Advantage. Now, that... Does have a different size provider network, is that true? Yeah,
1: the, if you have, well, um if you have Part A and B, mm-hmm. then you can go to any doctor or hospital that accepts Medicare. Okay. But with that, uh, you are going to have different cost share. Mm-hmm. So what people will do, a lot of people, they'll either sign up for a Medicare supplement mm-hmm. or a gap. Um plan that's an insurance company uh, with then you're paying a monthly premium so that the insurance company will cover either portions or all of that cost share that you would have and that's a good thing for people because with straight A and B there is no uh, um, cap or amount. Okay. So, if someone went into the hospital, and they had uh, between the doctors and the hospital, they could have a co-insurance. If the hospital visit was a hundred thousand, and their portion was twenty percent, they'd be responsible for twenty thousand. Mm-hmm. So, by having a uh, Medigap or medsup premium, then what you do is that the insurance company will be paying that. The other option that you have is that you can have a Medicare Advantage, mm-hmm. which the Medicare name for that is Part C. Okay.
0: Uh, and so, what, so now we're back to the HMOs.
1: We're back, well, a Medicare Advantage can be an HMO. It can be a PPO. Um, and it can be um, several different VARIATIONS. Uh, okay. POS, correct. All right, Thank so you. the
0: C, when you've got A, B, and C, C doesn't mean just HMO. It means anything that's under the umbrella of managed care.
1: Managed care. And the interesting thing about that, when you have a Part C, you still have original Medicare what you've done is you've assigned that Mm -hmm. to an insurance company. So anybody on a Medicare Advantage plan, Mm -hmm. uh, they should take their red, white, and blue card and put it in at home in a safe place. Mm -hmm. And they would only use their Medicare Advantage company. Mm -hmm. And those are companies like Blue Cross, Blue Shield, other companies at the Humanity United uh, offer Medicare Advantage plans, you would only use that card uh, because the insurance company is receiving money from Medicare okay. and then the insurance company is responsible for paying the claims in addition to the member who would have different cost shares.
0: So tell me if I have this right then. So if a person is either very thrifty or on a really limited income, fixed budget, whatever the case may be, they can take their Medicare Part A, which is the hospitalization piece, which the government is paying into after the person has worked for 10 full years or 40 quarters, Right. So I've already done that. I've worked more than ten years. Before, <laughs> although you wouldn't know it by looking at me, uh, or sometimes by listening to me. So, all right. So the person takes their part A dollars that are given to them by the government or earned
2: for earned, them by their in. work, yeah.
0: and they assign that to Medicare Advantage. At which point. That covers all of their care?
1: No. With the Medicare Advantage plan, uh, it varies by company to company. Okay. Uh, what is a typical Medicare Advantage plan is that there may or may not be a monthly premium. Mm-hmm. And uh, then as an, a member, you will have a co amount uh, for the doctor. It might be... Five dollars ten dollars specialists might be forty dollars,
2: okay.
1: and then if you go to the hospital uh, there typically there 's a charge per day might be two hundred and ninety five dollars a day. Up to five days and then 100%. So you have to look at each individual plan.
0: Okay, so there's still some out of pocket expense. Well, uh, you guys stay tuned. I know it's insurance and I know it's super interesting, but if you're 65, close to 65, or have a loved one who is anywhere close to 65, You need to pay attention, you need to learn about this stuff, and we're going to make it as exciting as possible for you. So hang in there through the break. Come on back to the insurance
3: deal. We'll be with you in a minute. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty HealthShare puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
1: Did you miss the show that you really wanted to hear? All of our programs are available for download on americaswebradio.com and on iTunes. You can listen to your favorite programs on WebRadio.com anytime you like.
4: Obamacare is failing. We all know that, but you need to know why and what you can do to get us
3: back on the right track. Visit us at obamacarewatch.org. This is Grace Marie Turner of the Galen Institute. Join us at obamacarewatch.org.
4: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com.
3: Thank you for listening.
0: Hello and welcome back to The Insurance Deal. I'm your host, Ellen Deal, and we are having loads of fun talking about Medicare. Yes, I said it, fun and Medicare in the same sentence. But what makes it so super fun is my guest, the delightful and knowledgeable Tim Dinage, who's the director of Medicare Sales... Blue Cross Blue Shield and um, has experience from coast to coast. We learned earlier that He's been on the California coast and over here on the Georgia coast and and knows how things differ from point A to point B. Ooh, A and B, what's that you say? We were talking about Medicare part A and B, but at the onset of the show, I, uh, I gave you guys a little bit of a tease. I said there was something, a secret competition between Tim and I that um, that I'm winning, winning. Okay, so I'll I'll tell you what it is. We worked at a company that neither of us will probably want to say the name of. There was another company. So, you know, if you want to um, email me with your guesses, that's ideal solutions at gmail dot com. Tell me what company you think Tim and I were at together. That
1: we don't want to repeat the name of. <laughs> right?
0: No, that's you know we're being nice. We're yeah. being nice. Nice. So, um, we. Uh, Sat through a class to teach us about LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. about social media. And...
1: The student became the teacher.
0: But what was the question they asked? Did they ask how many... Who had over five hundred? Was that the benchmark at the time?
1: Um that might have been I
0: think yeah. that question was asked like who had over five hundred connections on LinkedIn? And Tim Dinaj was the only, only person,
1: person in the room
0: in the room to raise their hand. And suddenly he was the expert and the teacher's pet <coughs> and everybody was like, Oh, Tim, you have so many connections on LinkedIn. Well yours truly for some reason decided that was a competition. Two
1: can as a challenge. Yes. (laughs) So
0: apparently Tim must have said something to throw down the gauntlet, (laughs) and I (laughs) accepted. So I was like, over the course of the next year, I mean, this has been going on for years. Years and years. Um, I have kept an eye on Tim's number of connections on LinkedIn, and my number of connections on LinkedIn, I have now broken the 3,000 barrier. And
1: hang my head in shame. Yes. But I defend myself. I am now discriminate in who I do and do not accept.
0: Right. So Tim's (laughs) about quality. I'm all about quantity. I'm like, bring us your sick, your weary, and all those other people that I don't know. I should
1: start counting the number of people I decline.
0: Oh. Okay, Tim's very elite. <laughs> okay, elite in who he will accept. So, um in the first uh the first little bit here we were talking about doctors and hospitals and you said something that I made a note of um doctors or hospitals that accept Medicare. Mm-hmm. How do they make the determination of if they want to accept Medicare or not?
1: I don't know. Okay, so that's the... But, I need a
0: doctor on the show.
1: But I will say that um it's interesting. There's a lot of talk about, you know, Medicare, you know, for all. Uh, oh, yes. And... My concern with that is I don't really, I've never asked a doctor how they decide. I would imagine as many doctors, some doctors now are choosing not to accept Medicare, Mm -hmm. uh, what happens is that the Medicare reimbursement Mm -hmm. is so much lower than the group insurance that you have through your employer, mm-hmm. or even the individual insurance that people pay for on their own. Mm-hmm. And but with that said, I did some research on the internet recently, and it's about forty nine fifty percent of a physician's practice reimbursement comes from either Medicare or Medicaid.
2: Oh.
1: But, uh, and, I would, and doctors are choosing not to accept uh, Medicare and Medicaid patients, which it would be a concern as a business person. Mm-hmm. You're reducing 50% of your income. But if you, and when you look at the reimbursement levels, Uh, that a doctor receives from Medicare or Medicaid government Mm -hmm. uh, or commercial insurance, it is oftentimes a fraction Mm -hmm. of what the group insurance that you have to your employer or the individual insurance will pay the doctors.
0: So then let me let me expound on that question then because I would like to understand and see what I assume is that if I want to know it all of our listeners want to know it as well. So um perk up your ears guys, here's the question. Um all right, so when a doctor is paid by Medicare, let's do, use something easy like an appendectomy if that's easy. Uh, someone goes in for an appendectomy, they're under age 65, they have coverage through their employer, and it's got a, you know, a PPO network. So, that last I checked, an appendectomy, you know, in and out, getting it removed, no real complications, maybe around $15,000. So, assuming that a doctor would be happy with that level of reimbursement, and not just a doctor, but a, but a surgical facility, you know, all told, $15,000, your appendix is out, and you're out the door. Um, what would that translate to as far as what Medicare would pay?
1: You know, um... On the Medicare, um, I, I don't have an appendectomy example.
0: Oh, well, then give me whatever you do have.
1: I, when, Tim doesn't well, have an appendectomy. I don't, no.
0: <laughs>
1: but uh, I actually, in my history, uh, I've done some contracting uh, with physicians for laboratory services mm-hmm. and x-ray services. Okay. And it is going to be a relative value on that question but, uh, for example, a chest x-ray. Okay. Oftentimes, you should try to decide if you have pneumonia and they want to see what's happening, you know, with your lungs. Um, for a chest x-ray, a, a commercial insurance company is going to contract with, whether it's a hospital or a doctor that has one in their office, and they're going to contract with them based on what the doctor bills. Yes. Now, the doctor, and I have real world examples of this, uh, here in Georgia, right. uh, the doctors will bill the insurance company in the neighborhood of sometimes $300, $350, uh, $275 for a plain film chest x-ray. For
0: a simple chest x-ray? Yeah.
1: But that's the billed amount. Okay,
0: and let me well let me stop you here and tell everybody oh, okay. what that means. Build amount. So what the doctors have to do is play a game. They have to jack the price way up because they know they're going to get discounted way down. Okay, we were up to two hundred and seventy-five
1: yeah. dollars, three hundred. Yeah, in For that range. Well, okay. but mm. then they're going to give that nice commercial insurance company a discount,
2: mm.
1: and they're going to discount that maybe way down to a hundred. $150. Ooh, they're so shrewd. Wow, what a discount. You know, save $100, right? Right. That same x-ray, Medicare, will only pay uh, approximately $30, $35.
0: Ooh, ooh, oh, ouch. Okay, I'm starting to see why some doctors would not want to take it.
1: Right. And uh, so I've seen those examples, direct contracting uh, for x-ray, for, uh, you know, MRI, CTs, laboratory uh, thing. And so what that means is that if a doctor, 50% of their practice is receiving that lower reimbursement, mm. they really are, and I don't really blame the doctors Right. that number is so low, they need the other. So the real number is probably in the middle.
0: In the middle of $100 and $30? Uh,
1: well, maybe closer to 30 okay. <laughs> for plain x-ray. But they need the higher number uh, because the other number is so low. Right. Um, and so to the appendectomy, you know, again, that might be a situation where Medicare might only approve $6,000. It it's going to be, from I guarantee dramatically less Mm -hmm. than they're reimbursed by the commercial insurance company
0: well that ties in with um another product that i'm talking to some brokers about it's an under 65 product so i'm i'm going off topic for a minute well it's insurance it's all on the topic um A a product that I'm selling, and what I recommend that people buy, is the version of the product that reimburses two times Medicare. So Mm -hmm. your example right here makes it all make sense because if a doctor was only going to get $30 for a chest X-ray from Medicare, but on the under 65, we're providing the doctor with something that's going to pay him two times That $30, it's still not completely what they'd get... from commercial.
1: I'm going to jump in and okay. because I've done provider contracting
0: okay.
1: and many times the doctor, they do, they look at Medicare mm-hmm. and Medicare isn't just making these numbers up. I mm-hmm. mean, they have a complicated system where they are looking at the different costs by location. Mm-hmm. More expensive in Manhattan sure. than maybe Columbus, Georgia. Mm-hmm. So they have a scale on that but a lot of doctors oftentimes if you're reimbursing two-time medicare
0: Mm -hmm. uh,
1: would be uh, an acceptable fee schedule
0: very interesting okay see i'm serious when i use the word interesting which is why we're going to come back after the break our lovely sponsors are going to keep us in business here so you guys have a listen and buy whatever it is that the sponsors are selling and we'll be right back on the insurance deal
4: So call 770-696-9862 and speak to a knowledgeable staff member about how you or your loved one can be helped to enjoy a better and healthier life. More information is also available on the website at www.AtlantaHealingCenter.com.
3: With all the back and forth in today's politics... It seems as though the Constitution gets lost in the mix. If you want to brush up on your Constitution, then join Michael Conley every Wednesday from 4 to 5 p.m. for the show Our Constitution on America's Webradio.com. This is Dr. George from Peachtree ENT Center. We've won patient care awards and have the highest patient recommendations because we believe in practicing medicine the old-fashioned way. Practicing good medicine is based in listening to the patient and making a care plan that is individual. The best medical care is given when there is a strong doctor-patient relationship built on mutual trust and respect. At Peachtree ENT Center, we believe in taking care of the whole patient because healing is more than writing a prescription. Whether you have problems hearing, have frequent throat or sinus infections, from the time you call our office and speak to a real person, you will be treated as an individual and not as an ailment. During your visit, you will not be rushed, and all your questions will be answered. When possible, natural treatments will be recommended to fix the problem. If surgery is recommended, cost-effective, minimally invasive treatment for snoring, sleep apnea, or sinus problems will be offered because Tree ENT Center is where patient care counts. Hello, I'm Dr. Mike Karuchak. Have you ever wondered what doctors
4: talk about amongst themselves? If you do, join us on the Doctors' Lounge and hear the doctors' conversations amongst themselves. Join me and my co-host, Dr. Hal Schertz,
0: every Thursday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. All right, everybody, this is Ellen Deal. Welcome back to The Insurance Deal. My fabulous guest this week is Tim Dinaj. He is the Director of Medicare Sales for Blue Cross Blue Shield. I also want to give a um, a special shout-out to our, our very patient and wonderful producer and studio owner, David Moxley of America's Web Radio, who sits here week after week and listens to me jabber on about insurance and actually get excited about it I don't know how the man does it because it's insurance you guys but it's exciting, you see. You
1: see. My question is now: Is David a licensed agent? <laughs> David is not a licensed
0: agent, but maybe see, maybe so we can
1: sell him some side, stuff. He's getting a side job, and becoming a, a broker now. Oh, there because we Because you learned so much from you.
0: Oh, I'm like, um, David. I'm like a continuing <laughs> education class for you. Licensed insurance professionals need CE's, continuing <laughs> education, and um, you know, David is going to be an all-around pro uh, expert through osmosis <laughs> alone. So, um, yeah, if you like insurance, or even if you don't like it, you need to know it and you need to understand it. So, um, anyways, we were talking about lots of interesting things before the break. And one thing that, that Tim, you said earlier was Medicare for all. I want you to enlighten us, please. What's going to happen for the doctors who don't accept Medicare right now. We have an aging population of baby boomers, and now the idea of Medicare for all.
1: Well, you know, Medicare for all is as everybody's trying to figure out, you know, what to do about, you know, the cost of health care and people being uninsured. So they're thinking, gee, let's put Medicare for all. You know what I am always frustrated with as people talk about that and they look to other countries mm-hmm. that have socialized medicine.
2: Okay.
1: And the fact of the matter is, you have to pay for it.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I gave you the example on a a simple x-ray that Medicare is paying $35, doctors are needing to charge 175 or being paid $175. Mm-hmm. My concern, mathematically, if Medicare was all and the government was the only payer, mm-hmm. obviously if they're the only payer they're gonna decide how much you're gonna pay a doctor. Right. So our doctor's really gonna want to be making sixty percent less. And with a socialized medicine, people think that's free. Mm. That should be paid for in increased taxes. Yes. And I used to live in Michigan, mm-hmm. and oftentimes the Canadian health care system is set only to work because people can drive across the border yeah. to the United States and pay cash for services. Okay. And it is all too common for older people
0: mm-hmm.
1: who need a hip replacement or some procedures mm-hmm. to be on a long waiting list. Right. Because why should an older person need a new hip
2: mm-hmm.
1: as opposed to a younger person? It's called rationing
0: yes.
1: because if the government's paying for it, they have a limited number of dollars.
0: So socialized medicine, you guys. Um, Some people think that, uh, you know, when you say socialism, that it means social media. No, that's not what it means. Um, And socialized medicine, Tim made a really good point about folks that live in canada crossing over the u.s border and paying completely out of their own pocket cash price for services to be done here in the u.s and i've never heard it put this way before tim but what tim said was the fact that people can cross the border out of canada and come to the u.s makes socialized medicine in canada look more successful because they're able to say on those numbers, look, here's all the people that are getting the great care. Mm.
1: Well, And and you talk to the people there. We complain in America about the taxes. Mm -hmm. When you get your paycheck, how much is being taken out. More is going to have to be taken out Mm -hmm. if we're coming under that. And Places like Canada, Uh, my uncle lives in Australia, they have socialized medicine. But in those areas, you mentioned someone paying for cash. Who's going to do that? It's the people that have money. Mm-hmm. So we're now starting to provide insurance for the have and the have not. Mm-hmm. My uncle lives in Australia, and they have socialized medicine, but the people that are working to have money, they buy insurance so that they don't have to wait you know, six months or a year mm-hmm. or two years for things like cataract or you know, uh, wait for an MRI. All those procedures are limited because yeah. of limited funding.
0: Uh, can they buy additional supplements in Australia on top of what they have from to what, soup from, up their yeah,
1: plan? Yeah, from what I understand, in Australia they can, in Canada you can't.
0: Okay, so Australia, yes, Canada, no. Um, my only experience with Medicare was when my mother was aging and ill, and, um, you know, as she got older and more, um, needed more care, my sisters and I were like, you know, we figured out that the doctor on Medicare could only see her 11 times a year. Well, we were like, well, what about that other month? We want him to w- – we were willing to pay out of our own pockets more money. We're like, maybe we- he should come every two weeks. You know, we really want somebody to keep an eye on mom. Um, and we were willing to reach into our own pockets and do that. So we called the doctor's office and said, hey, how come you can only see mom 11 times a year going and visiting her at the assisted living? And could we pay out of our own pocket for a 12th visit, at least a 12th twelfth visit, if not more. And the response we got was, no, that would be against the law. And I was shocked that now all of a sudden the law was entering into my mother's health care. I didn't like that. I'm like, law? I got your law right here. Here's some cash. Go see my mom. <laughs> well, apparently that's against the law in America. Hmm. So... And another thing, Tim, that you mentioned about taxes. Um, Tax rates on folks can be, well, if you're paying your taxes. Um, I would say a lot of people are in nearly the 30% tax bracket. And I was surprised when um, a a family friend, a a son of a friend of mine, uh, 19 or 20 and just got his first, you know, job where he's working 30, 40 hours a week, and he's going to make about $20,000 this year. And he was shocked when he opened his first paycheck. And it didn't say, you know, not not that the whole $20,000 came at once, but it didn't say $20,000. It said that minus a whopping 30%, and he was shocked. Mm. So, shocked and not pleased.
1: Well, that's it. You know, uh people, you hear about this. We want the government to pay for all of our health care. The government to pay for our college. The government doesn't have any money.
0: Mm-hmm. They have our money. Yes.
1: And the only way they get more, if mm-hmm. we're providing more services, is they tax more. Yeah.
0: Tim, have you ever been self-employed or a? T- yes, I have. Okay. Yes, I have. Then you are going to understand what I'm about to talk about. Um, I have only been self-employed for the last year, which means no base salary. If Ellen doesn't kill it, Ellen doesn't eat it. So I now understand what they say: hunter-gatherer. Oh my gosh, hunter, 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 all day long. So um, I think what they ought to this would this would really make people aware of what their taxes are give everybody their entire paycheck and then every quarter at the end of the quarter say well we realize of your twenty thousand dollars a year and we gave you your five thousand dollars for the quarter but now we need you to write us a check back for two thousand dollars everybody's heads would blow up Ah. wow 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 um goodness, Medicare, 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 Um, brokers and testing. Tim, so about about how many hours of testing is involved? Uh, For the listeners, I want you to know, when you're dealing with a licensed Medicare broker, they have to have gone through testing, so they are far and away very professional to what needs to be done. So testing for brokers.
1: Well, um, actually there's two different levels of testing. Mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier uh, that, again, A and B, mm-hmm. uh, people can buy a Medicare supplement, Medigap plan, or mm-hmm. they can buy a Part C Medicare Advantage plan.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: For a broker to sell a med, med Sub plan, mm-hmm. uh, they need to be... Licensed license by the state of Georgia mm-hmm. to sell health and life insurance. And with that, uh, those agents are required to have continuing education mm-hmm. uh, to maintain that license. If they want to sell the Medicare Advantage plan, they have to, every year, uh, take a training uh, called AHIP.
0: American, American Health.
1: Health Insurance.
0: Professional, Professional maybe. Okay. <laughs> now we're making up acronyms. You, yeah. you guys wouldn't know the difference. Yeah. If you know the difference, email yeah, me yeah, at right. idealsolutions <laughs> at gmail.com.
1: <laughs> we all know it in the business as AHIP. Uh, and so that is very detailed on the Medicare Advantage plans. And it's an uh, online testing, but... When you go through the whole thing, it takes a good two and a half days.
2: Ooh.
1: And once you receive that, then for every insurance company mm-hmm. that you want to sell, mm-hmm. you have to go through their Medicare training, again, annually. Wow. And depending on the insurance company, that can be another day or two. Mm someone is representing all the insurance companies, they have a week or two weeks tied up every year reviewing the benefits and the policies and procedures in order to sell Medicare Advantage. Mm, Wow.
0: Uh, That's why I don't sell Medicare anymore, you guys. Um, I've worked at a couple of companies where as a rep for the insurance carrier, like when I worked at Blue Cross, you did have to go through the testing for Mm. For just Blue Cross. And
1: and what I do want to say, I'm always – I've been – I mentioned my background. I've been actually involved with Medicare, I hate to say how many years, Uh, let's say 20-plus. There you go. And (gasps) plus-plus. But uh, as as we worked in the group insurance and as many of your listeners – probably have insurance through their employer group Mm -hmm. and if you think about that someone goes to work maybe at 21 Mm -hmm. and they retire if they're lucky Mm -hmm. at 65 Mm -hmm. so 44 years they've been working for an employer and what happens every year your employer says oh Here's your insurance. Yeah. And it's if you don't want to change, you don't have to do anything. Or they might get really complicated. Mm -hmm. And they say, Oh, your insurance, let's say it's with Blue Cross Blue Shield of Georgia. You have an HMO or a PPO. And then they have to decide. That's the big decision they have to make. What happens when you turn 65? Well, first of all. Does your
0: employer say, Hit the bricks, bucko? Well,
1: if you retire and you're not one of the very, very few people that have re- in retiring insurance, uh, what you have is the situation that you have to figure insurance out. And when you turn 64, every insurance company is mailing you our Part A, our Part B, our up, our HMO, our Part C. And literally, I'm holding my hands up to Ellen. Right. You're like, Twelve inches yes. of, of mailing, and I have seniors will show that to you, that they get that. Mm-hmm. All of that is what I'm saying. You need to work with an insurance broker. Right? They understand that. They can ask you what your needs are, mm-hmm. and for some people, a MedSup is the best plan. For some people, a Medicare Advantage is the best plan.
0: Well, tell you what, let's cover that in more detail when we come back from this break with our glorious and gracious sponsors. Stay tuned for the last part of the insurance
3: deal. Affordable health insurance was the promise of Obamacare, but for many, the government mandate caused more problems than it solved. This is Dr. Elena George from Medicine on Call, and I want to tell you about a truly affordable alternative allowed under Obamacare, Liberty HealthShare. Liberty Health Share puts you back in charge of your health. Visit them online at libertyoncall.org. Again, for a true affordable alternative to Obamacare, visit libertyoncall.org or call toll-free 1-800-714-6993 today.
4: This is Dr. Susan Blank, host of Detailing Addiction and Medical Director of the Atlanta Healing Center. Please join me on Tuesday afternoons at 4 p.m.
0: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to The Insurance Deal. I am your hostess, Ellen Deal, and every week we get together and talk about insurance. Yes, and I do it on purpose. Not only do I do this radio show on purpose, I do insurance as a living on purpose. So, day in, day out, I'm talking to people about insurance. And then for fun, I come here one hour a week and I do a radio show about <gasps> insurance and I get to have my friends on the show with me to talk about what they love about insurance. So, today, our guest is Tim Denage, and he is the director of sales for Blue Cross Blue Shield for Medicare products. Ooh, insurance and old people. Oops, did I say that? Come on, we're all getting there. I'm I'm closing in on that myself. Um, before we left off for the break, we're talking about the importance of individuals over age 65 working with brokers, but before we delve back into that, let's talk about AEP. Now, Tim, for those of us who aren't up on our acronyms, what does AEP stand for?
1: Annual? Election period.
0: I would have gotten that wrong. I would have said annual enrollment period, uh, but it's election. Yeah,
1: because they get to elect every year mm-hmm. if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan mm-hmm. you have from October 15th to December 7th mm-hmm. to look at your current plan and then decide if you want to stay on that plan or change, mm-hmm. which will become effective January 1st for the next following year.
0: So not even two months of a window to get that done. Um, what if somebody... If if it's someone's first time enrolling on a Medicare plan, well, first of all, Tim, you mentioned that they're going to get lots of mail at their house, like a a, a stack of mail that's a foot tall. Yep. Um, so hopefully they won't uh, won't miss that. But what if by some chance they're vacationing in Florida, or they have their second home in Florida, and they live here in Georgia, and all of their uh, Medicare notifications have been coming to Georgia? And there's only that less than two-month window. What is that, seven weeks?
1: Seven weeks. Okay.
0: Yeah. So what, what happens if they miss the window of opportunity?
1: Well, uh, this is... Uh, when you're already 65 and you're on a plan, oh. if you don't make a change, you would stay on your plan. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't lose insurance. Uh, when someone turns 65, they have a, a initial coverage period, and that's three months before you turn six, your birthday month, mm-hmm. the month of your birthday month, and three months after. So okay. you literally have seven months to make a selection on whether you want to just be on Part A and B or whether you want to be on a Medicare supplement plan or a Medicare Advantage plan. Once you're signed up, then every year you can change. Okay. Just like when you were working at an employer group.
0: Okay. So, all right. So, the good news is if you're about to turn 65, they give you a huge window of opportunity to make your initial decision for your entry into the fabulous world of Medicare. So, 3 months before, the month your birthday month, and 3 months yep, after.
1: So, a 7-month window.
0: Okay. Well, that's good. So, even if you're on vacation in Florida, if you can't figure this out in 7 months, Oh, Maybe we send you to Canada. Actually,
1: Mm. if you can go on a seven-month vacation, Uh I'd recommend a men's sub.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So there you have it. Um, All right. Annual election period. How hard is it for someone to go from, say, a regular Medicare plan to a Medicare Advantage or back and forth?
1: Well, that's a very good question. Uh, when you first turn 65 uh, and, go, and you decide to go on to a Medicare uh, in, um, Med plan, mm-hmm. Medicare supplement, it's what's called a guaranteed issue. Mm-hmm. You do not need to answer medical questions, they have to accept you.
2: Okay.
1: That's when you first turn 65, called a guaranteed issue. Mm-hmm. If you select a Medicare supplement plan, and then a year, two years later, you think, well, maybe I want to switch, Mm -hmm. you would have to answer medical questions, and the insurance company can accept or deny you. Interesting. The other option you have is in every year, October 15th, December 7th, you could opt-in to a Medicare Advantage plan, and that is a guaranteed issue. So every year, into the Medicare Advantage guaranteed issue. I will also mention, people aren't aware of this, if you've been on a MedSupp plan for years and years and years, And you're thinking, you know what, I'm worried about my budget, you know, the premiums are getting up there, I think I'd like to try one of those zero premium Blue Cross Blue Shield of Georgia Mm -hmm. HMO plans, but I don't know, you get a one-year free trial, not only with Blue Cross, but with any Medicare Advantage plan. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So... During AEP, you can move off your blue, your MedSup plan, mm-hmm. into a Medicare managed plan, okay. if before the first of the next year. So within the 12 months, right. you said, you know what, this isn't for me. Uh-huh. You can go back to your original med- Medicare supplement plan without Medicare uh, Medicare or medical underwriting.
0: Okay, that's good to know. All right, folks. So. And the other
1: thing is, during AEP... Uh, a lot of people look at premium. I understand, mm-hmm. but you need to look at the maximum out of pocket. Yeah, some plans might be as high as six thousand seven hundred. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we have actually a very affordable plan, which is lower than that. Uh, you have to look at the specialty copay. How many days of hospitalization you pay a copay? Yeah. It's a very complicated. The process, but you should spend your time, because it's when we're sick that we need all those benefits, and you want to figure out what you're causing it to be, and again, that's where a broker can help you.
0: Wow. Do they sell, or are, are there in existence, any Medicare supplement plans that cover 100% of the out-of-pocket?
1: Currently, uh, all insurance companies offer what's called a Plan F. Okay. And that covers covers everything. There is no co-pays, no Mm co-insurance. But that plan is going away for new people in the year 2020. But if you have a Plan F, Mm -hmm. it will be... You'll be able to stay on it, mm-hmm. uh, but new people won't be able to sign up.
0: Now, who made the decision to discontinue Plan F plans?
1: That is CM, uh, the CMS, okay. uh, Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services, uh-huh. uh, are the ones that tell us what those plans need to be. We as an insurance company are providing supplement. And I believe the decision was, is not to have a 100% plan. They now wanted people to have some cost sharing. It's never good to pay a 100%. People need to be part of the process.
0: Well, but if somebody has it in their pocket to pay a high enough premium to get a 100% coverage plan, why would CMS not let them? Are they losing money?
1: Uh, uh, and CMS on those plans does not. They're not at risk for that. They have their plan. It's insurance companies. Um, so I can't answer that. We'll just have to call our congressman and find out.
0: That's all right. You don't. You don't have to have the answer to everything. Uh, let's see here. Um, so, so give us a you know a minute or so on how brokers really help out the consumer
1: yeah they Again, I feel like in the world of Medicare, we've been with an employer. Our employers have used brokers to help find the best plan for them. They are the experts on insurance. And so when someone turns 65, a broker can help look to see which plan covers your doctors, your hospitals, your drugs. They can talk to you about your finances, what's affordable to you, and really use their years of experience to help you nail down the hundreds of choices not two but hundreds of choices to your best one
0: wow yeah so many choices out there Goodness me! Um, well, everybody, this has been a really, for me, a fun show. I like insurance. I've said that uh, so many times, and to have my my LinkedIn sensei on the air with me, I I am the grasshopper of LinkedIn connections. However, the student has become the master. i okay, have
1: taken the pebble from my hand. <laughs> Not many people listening if they're old enough will know what that means. But if you're
0: listening to the show because you like Medicare, then uh, you're old enough to understand that reference. You guys, have a wonderful rest of your day. Thanks for being part of our show. Um, Tune in every Thursday at 11 for the insurance deal. I am Ellen Deal. It's been my pleasure to have Tim Dinaj as my guest today. And I just wish you guys a successful and wonderful and safe week. Thanks for tuning in.
4: You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.